0: Welcome to another episode of Pilot Boys. My name is Caesar, and today we have a very special guest, Carlos Aguilar, who is a film and cultural critic, uh, who has written for the LA Times, New York Times, The Rap, IndieWire, Mezcla. As well as like moderated, several Q and A's for different movies. I've been a fan of your work for a while. You know, like I I've seen your work, and I've been wanting to chat with you. Especially that I realize the the reason why I did this in the first place is because I saw one of my buddies, uh, Eric Huerta, who's someone that I work with at El Taco. I saw he did an episode with you, so I was like, oh wow, like he he's probably down to talk. So. And also, I read your, your LA Times piece on Maya. So I thought that this would be fun to talk to you about.
1: Totally, yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, of thanks course. for the kind words.
0: So, you know, today we're doing Maya in the Three, the new George Gutierrez Netflix kind of epic. And I came across your, your LA Times piece. And I, I just wanted to ask a little bit about, like, how that story came about. Did you pitch that or did they approach you? Or how, how did that...
1: Yeah, I mean, it was... It I think the... The editor there at the LA Times knows that I'm a big fan of animation in this you know, and I'm also Mexican, so I just felt like you sort of checked the boxes, you know. I feel like they for this one particular they came to, to me and, and asked me if I wanted to do it, but I probably would have pitched it myself anyway. So it was one of those cases in that I got lucky that they sort of preemptively knew that I was, you know, interested in something like this. Uh so it worked out. Uh but yeah, oftentimes, you know, I have to pitch uh, the stories that I want to write about, which when it comes to Latino content, uh, it's a little bit of an uphill battle at times, you know. So convincing, mm. convincing editors or people that might not be familiar with the culture or, you know, and in, in sort of like kind of basically convincing them of why this matters and why it's important. Uh, but in this case, right. I feel like just, you know, Jorge's sort of, you know, uh, stature in the industry and you know name and the fact that it's a netflix show and that it has such a big cast like i feel like there were a lot of things going for it that made it uh like a no-brainer and like an easier sort of uh you know uh, thing to get across to even to people that are not familiar with with the culture
0: so yeah like i i that is obviously one of the reasons why i wanted to talk to you because you know there's not a lot of like latinos or mexicans in you know like criticism especially in film and i think that that's super important and which is why i I think a lot of your work really resonated with me because i'm also mexican and you know i was interested in 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 writing for i've written i've I've written a couple obviously not at your level but uh i've written a couple for like la taco and this this podcast now is kind of like my outlet for talking about you know tv and culture and stuff like that which is why i keep doing it because it's it's just fun to like hear about this especially because you know I'm sure a lot of folks don't know that. Don't know that it is a super uphill battle to get people to care about this kind of stuff. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I mean I feel like something like, you know, now that like LA Taco which is is really great, uh, you know, they, they those outlets matter precisely because sometimes, you know, the bigger places uh, uh don't have either the interest or the or the writers or the bandwidth to cover you know, things that are important to, you know, to different communities. I feel like recently I read, uh, I live in East Hollywood now. I I used to live in East, uh, Southeast LA, like Karaheha, oh, yeah. Huntington Park, for whoever knows what those, uh, you know, those cities are. I th- yeah, um, absolutely. But now, uh, a few years back, I moved to East Hollywood, which is, you know, still, it's gentrifying, but it's still mostly latino but i there's a there's a a flea market that happens at lacc very like a few blocks away from my house and which is mostly a you know a latino sort of vendors you know who sell at this flea market and i think the the only place i saw a story about the struggle between the owners of the of this place and the vendors was in la taco you know so i feel like those stories that are sort of like very you know grassroots community-based kind of things are you know often only find space at those places so uh, so yeah. I feel like that's a a great you know a great resource like that. But of course, we want to also be part of these major sort of conversations in bigger places. So it's right, yeah. It's a uh, it's it's tough out there, but but I feel like there's a lot of people that are trying to to make it happen.
0: Yeah, and to speak to that, that's how I got involved with with writing. Um, you know, I, I I'm from Linwood. Uh, I grew up in Compton, and I I lived in Linwood for for most of my life, and then you know, I just wanted to see more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wanted to see more rep, like. I wanted to see the the L.A. that I grew up in represented Mm -hmm. more. And that was important to me. And that's kind of how I got started with this, too. So, love that. Um, But let's talk about the show. So, I thought your piece was great. Because the thing that struck me first about this show, uh, this nine-episode show, is that it feels like a compendium of, like, influences. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's, like, Mesoamerican, like, uh, stories or folklore. But also, like, anime and cartoons and, like, just everything, you know, like, it reminded me of a lot of, like, a shonen, like, an, an anime shonen where or a shoujo even, where it's kind of like this chosen one kind of story, like, maybe, like, a, the, you know, like, the, the story circle hero's journey kind of thing. But also there was stuff like, you know, it felt like Dragon Ball Z at times, it felt like Voltron, it felt like Power Rangers or Gundam, Mecha, you know, like, all these things. And I think that that's, that probably comes from, and you can speak to this a little better, from jorge is like he's just like a big nerd
1: yeah and i think i mean of course in a piece like that it was already the piece i filed was already very long even for for the type of pieces that i do it was you know because there was so much material we talked for so long and there were so many references and i feel like some references might have been left out but he does i mean he's clearly a big fan of japanese anime and i think he mentioned specifically something like messenger z you know he's like from the 80s you know so 80s 90s are probably more like he's He's sort of influenced in that. Um, there's also an anime called Senseiya, which for anyone that's from Mexico, mm-hmm. they probably know it as Los Caballeros del Zodiaco, which was like a yeah. huge, huge, huge yeah. influence for a lot of like Mexican or Latin American kids. I don't think it was as big in the U.S. because it's a very, very balanced show that never really, right. it, was a, it was on Cartoon Network for a while, but it never really hit as it hit in Latin America. But, you know, that was another one that he mentioned. I feel like, just the the vast amount of references, you know, show the you know his love for animation and the medium in general, whether it's Japanese or you know American cartoons or whatnot, and and sort of how do you blend all that with the cultural elements, and you know, and also keeping in mind that you know when you're when you're doing something like this that it's grounded on you know indigenous civilizations and sort of that you know ancient sort of like art and whatnot. Um, you also have to you know. Kind of remind people that this is not a documentary. That you're sort of like taking these yeah. pieces and sort of like blending them with all these other things that are part of your your purview, your sort of your worldview. You know what the things that right. you're that you like and creating something new. So yeah, so I feel like it's it's just very. I'm 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 endlessly impressed by all the things that he managed to get in there. You know, sort of like all the sources from which his his inspiration came from and how it all became <clears throat> this massive. You know. Uh, I think it's like 270 minutes, and nine episodes. You know, mini series, right. or so. I feel like this is such a, a really big accomplishment, and and yeah, I I think anime it's obvious that the the influence is there.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, like I I was just like floored. Like I I felt like I was a little kid again. I felt like I was like, holy shit! I've never seen something like that. You know, like there's. I think that this is. We you and I can speak about this a little bit, but. Latinos in animation is interesting because Latino stories exist in animation, but they're often not always helmed by Latinos. And I think that this one specifically was a big deal for me because it felt like, you know, the the importance of language was there and like the importance of just like existing and like not having to center whiteness or anything like that. That was huge. Like it was it was just and, and more than anything, it was just fun to watch. It was like a super fun story and engaging and like the characters are like very dynamic and each one like i i was very impressed by like this kind of like potent storytelling like when they introduced chimi and it's just like this very silent kind of like maybe like two three minutes and like you understand all that characters like desires or like you know kind of like traumas or, or whatever it is but I, i'm really i was really impressed by like by this but the thing that i want to talk about and maybe you and i can speak about this, how does this compare to Book of Life for you? Because I hadn't seen it, and I watched it in preparation for this. Sorry, there's, my neighbor has Gallo, so <laughs> you'll, you'll be hearing that. <laughs> um, how did this... Th- do you see any comparisons there, or do you feel like those are completely separate things?
1: No, definitely. I feel like, you know, an artist like Jorge, I feel like, you know, all of his work, to me, at least from, from my perspective, I feel like, references each other, right? Like, for example, like if you look at the, the character design from the Book of Life... And with Maya, you know, a lot of the male characters are, like, bulky, you know, they're, like, you know, sort of, like, broad shoulders. Like, there's, like, a sort of, mm-hmm. like, a very particular physical shape. And, of course, the very ornamental way in which they're designed, like, they're busy sort of characters and visually, right? right? Like, there's a lot of adornments, a lot of embellishments. Like, you know, of course, in Maya, is even more pronounced because you're dealing with, you know, customs and sort of, uh, uh you know jewelry and things from from those cultures but like even in the Book of Life you can see how Manolo sort of like you know uh, clothing is like has a lot of adornments and like the gods in the Book of Life you know are also sort of like very big and elaborate like I just feel like he really likes to create you know characters and worlds that are you know sort of uh, visually just sort of like pack with references and with things and i feel like maya is something that you you know you definitely benefit from watching it multiple times because there's just so many little things you know just in yeah. you know it's visually rich. yeah it's rich so visually and even just in what the characters say and what the meaning of things are you know like there's, a thing in episode one, there's, like, a very quick uh, sort of gag uh, that references the Mexican flag, you know, the eagle. And the Right. Uh, and then sort of that returns in, to, in the end. And, like, there's just a lot of the, that he packs into this that I feel like, I don't think one is better than the other one. But I will say that in something like Maya, because he had much more time, you can see mm. that it's a, it's a world that's just sort of fleshed out and developing, you know, to its full potential, in the sense that you know he he managed to like the arcs of each of the characters is very well defined. You know each of this the the warriors that accompany Maya in the journey get their own episode, and you really get to sort of like learn right. about who they are, what happened in the background, how did they become who they are, and, and then you bring them together, and then you learn about Zat's uh, Diego Luna's character, uh, and you know sort of like giving each of them their time and developing their world is something that you know a movie that's like you know under two hours like the book of light probably don't you're you're unable to do that you know but you know i will say that the book of light did come before coco right like in Coco's a movie right. that i adore and i love but he did i mean jorge had already sort of like done that version before and created that world and you know and he came sort of like you know, from his own, own me- perspective as someone that's Mexican, but that's lived in the U.S. for a long time, you know, sort of like that duality. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan in, of both uh, The Book of Lion and, and Maya. But, you know, you could also see things that reference like his shows, like El Tigre, you know, which is also, right. you know, one of these earlier sort of works. Uh, it was a Cartoon Network, Oh no, sorry, a Nickelodeon uh, show. Nickelodeon. Yeah, uh, it was a Nickelodeon show from a few years back that also, you know, you can see the characters, uh design and 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 sort of how the world evolves you know I, and i'm sure that he, i think he's talked about how there are like specific links between all
0: of them um yeah, i saw Cibalba and somebody when uh when mikte and yeah, yeah they get married they're like in the background
1: yeah so you know like and then i think there's something like he's uh, the character he himself voices in maya you know the yeah. the, the, the king Quinteca uh looks also like another character in the book of life so i feel like you know there's a lot of like this you know mimicking things that you know an artist like him of course is going to have a style and reference himself but i do think that Mai is just like a a major a major major accomplishment just you know just on the sheer sort of volume of the ideas that he was able to to put there
0: right so the the reason why i bring up book of life uh cuz yeah I, I did see like you know i i do think of like after watching it, it feels like that kind of, like, walk so Coco could run. And obviously, like, you know, Book of Life was directed by a, a Mexican director, so it felt, you know, like it it was more significant in some ways. But I think that the thing, and this is just, we can cut this out if you're not comfortable sharing this, but the thing for me that that felt, uh, I felt like there was times where, like, they try to make it palatable for more of a wider or, you know, whiter audience with, like, some of the kind of like zeitgeisty like music of the time like i think that that didn't age as well like you know because because obviously music changes all the time but this to me maya to me felt more like he's just able to do what he wants like he's not he doesn't have to worry about making this as palatable yeah you know like obviously palatable in terms of entertainment right Right, exactly like and and i think that that's why this one resonated with me more because it felt like more impactful stories where like I didn't I didn't have to explain to like somebody who might not get some of this stuff. Um and I think that that's that's why I I, I really like like fuck with this. Um but I think uh I, I want to talk a little bit about uh her, his his collaborator and wife Sandra, is it Iqua? How, how do you pronounce I think it's Iqua. So she you mentioned in your piece uh about her being from Michoacan and kind of like the the hairdresses of uh, the Pura Push, mm-hmm. yeah. And she also voices the the queen, queen de- as yeah. well, right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about like, you know, you, obviously you spoke to her and like the visual influences seem very important. I mean, obviously to to, to Jorge, but I, I I was really struck by like. How intricate the hair, the hair of like many characters was, like especially the queen. Also, like Rico, who in your story you outlined that it's it's an influence uh, from Basquiat. And I just want I just want to hear a little bit about like those conversations.
1: Yeah, I mean they they, they were very sort of uh, diligent in 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 the research. I feel you know, and like um, Sandra, whose family is from Michoacan. You know, she even showed me. Uh, some photos on where she was a child, that her family was very sort of proud of their indigenous heritage, uh, which is Purepecha in that in that region of Michoacan where she's from, and that you know the people from that from that culture, uh, if you Google sort of like their their clothing and their hairdresses, ribbons in their hair is sort of like a very defined sort of you know trait in their clothing and. And how they express, you know, themselves. So I feel like that was very important for her in in those characters like Capuche and even the, you know, Queen Tecka. Uh, so I think she showed me a photo of like how, in, in her her for her f- fifth birthday, her family threw a party in which like everyone wore traditional, you know, costumes and sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, really made it a part of like of her, you know, upbringing, you know, and. And so that was part of that for, for, for those things. And, and they, Jorge, you know, grew up in Mexico City, had access to the museums. And, you know, the, if you've ever been to the Museo de Antropología in Mexico City, there's a lot of artifacts and art, you know, uh, from cultures all over, all over Mexico, not only the Aztecs or the Mayans. And, and so I feel like a lot of the, the shapes and the bodies of characters came also from that. You know, I think it's just, it's just fascinating to me how, you know they were able to you know find places for each of these things, right? Like she could use those ribbons uh, in the hair dressing of of some of the the female characters, and he could you know so sort of, uh, put his his love for Basquiat in enrico Rico and sort of pay an homage to Conan the Barbarian with his interpretation right. of, of the Incas in in, in South America. And so, you know, I think that's also part of like why it's so wonderful that he gets, you know, so many episodes and so much time because you could flesh out all these things and sort of like not be tied to one style or to only include, you know, base all your characters in one culture or in one place, but sort of like really bringing together this sort of like, uh, you know, intermingling. Uh, the references uh you just visually think that's what makes it so fascinating because you know you have some of the gods who are also you know referencing real gods in like aztec or you know mayan mythology and how do you interpret those you know because some for some of those there might be some visual references and for others you might have to sort of come up with like how do you imagine uh these gods to exist in the physical world right because you know oftentimes right um the 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 writing that that survives sort of the the conquest uh might not be enough for for them to sort of like flesh out how these characters look so yeah i'm just I'm just really just impressed by by how they're able to to sort of articulate where all of these things came from and how they sort of blend together uh once they put them on screen
0: yeah no yeah absolutely and I think that that's like uh that's part of like you know it looks great straight up like you know just just watching it it looks like top-notch you know like there there is kind of like a i don't know if it's like it's it's an effect or like what what they were going for but like sometimes it, it reminded me of like either stop motion or claymation but I'm, I'm sure that that's an effect but the thing that i also really liked was the music and the use of the aspect ratio where like you know some of the 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 swords would like go beyond the black bars mm. and you know like they they would constantly change it to like kind of add this this dynamism to the action sequences um and i thought that was really fun like I, I i'm like straight up i just felt like a kid watching this like at you know cuz like it was so rich with like things that i grew up with you know like when i was a kid i used to watch dragon ball z in mexico cuz like i had to live there for a couple months and i was like caught up i was like way ahead of like what was over here like when i was watching dragon ball out there they were like barely like uh they were at the cell they were past the cell saga like in the mm. boo saga and when i came over here they was barely like in frieza you know like mm-hmm. i i think like anime and mex like mex- mexicans and anime are, are very common and like most of my homies watch that shit um so like it, it just felt like i i i was being seen on screen but like in multiple ways not just like a story about you know Latinos and like its varied ways, but also just kind of like like a nerd who likes culture, you know, like who likes like pop culture. I I really did feel like this was speaking to me on on a bunch of different levels.
1: Totally, yeah. I mean, I, I did think that visually, just the uh, the show really, uh, you know, a lot of times when you know streamers like Netflix or other sides make you know animated shows. Uh, for their platforms, the quality doesn't seem to be that great because they're not intended for the big screen, right? They're intended to be consumed in that particular platform. But I do feel like this one, uh, specifically, is something that looks like you know a film. Like you could you could play yeah. it and you could play it on the big screen, and it has that quality. You wouldn't you wouldn't be thinking that this is this was made for television, you know, as opposed to there are other shows, even on Netflix, you know, that like the animation is good, but you could tell that the budget was sort of intended for for something of a little yeah. bit less of quality and I feel like in this you know he seems to have free range and I I assume that he treated it like a film you know uh, I would love right. you know if maybe for you know the Emmys or whatever awards uh, sometimes they do events and I would love to see these on the big screen you know at least one or two episodes to get to see them sort of blown up on the big screen and you know with a, a great sound system you know and see what that experience is like because you, know, you know the fighting sequences and just the world building of it you know when you see those uh, those big establishing shots of like Teca City or this other you know right. or or the the Luna Island and places like that in the, the the locations in the story, just looking at them I and you see the detail and sort of the intricacy that went into them you know I would love to see that on the big screen um and yeah i think yeah. you mentioned the music which i think that's also another thing you know gustavo santolaya was you know behind the music which for people that don't know he's like an academy award-winning uh, composer from argentina who made the music for amores perros and for Babel. Mm. you know and so he's he's worked with iñarritu and and sort of like other you know latino big name latino filmmakers so he really went for sort of like the big uh, for the big guns when it came to the music you know so maybe and if you listen i think it's episode three or four uh you know you could hear like ska music you know or like music that sounds right. like like you yes. reference to ska or you know or like el gran silencio yeah you know so things that like you know they're like subtle like they're the, just like
0: rockero riffs and stuff yeah
1: like you hear and be you know you're like you know, if you don't know, then this is music to you. But if you know that, like, little hints to things like that, that you're like, oh, like, this is definitely very delivered. Like, this is someone that put attention, you know, in, in, in every sort of detail, you know, from the music to what's on screen. And, you know, he references telenovelas and sort of like, you right. know, different things that that might for the average viewer might not you know make a difference or make sense but in in if you are from the culture and if you get to see some of those things you know they just make it sort of extra special and as you said that you know it it makes you feel seen from different angles and yeah i think it's also true that i've always thought that you know latinos in general uh, in the u.s and of course in latin america but also in the u.s like you know whenever i go to anime anime expo like most of the people there are like latinos you know like like anime is really (laughs) and i feel like that's i don't know if anyone has ever written an article on that because like there's there's something to that that you know that latinos are really just big into anime the people that i went to high school with a lot of them were into anime you know like inuyasha and all those like in the mid mid 2000s i just rewatched that yeah you know so like there is something to that that we you know we like you know anime and and when you when you have someone like jorge that's you know bringing that and blending it with like cultural elements that also speak to you then it becomes something really special
0: right and also you know i, I also like the like subversion of uh you know it's, it's following like a female lead and like you know it, it it was just like there was there was so much like life to it and like so much you, you like all the characters for the most part like you you quickly fall in love with them um one of the things i wanted to talk about we can transition to this but i want to talk about what you thought about like the role of death in the show because it feels like it operates like the show operates on kind of like you know indigenous folklore kind of like there's finality but there isn't you know like you return to to kind of you know nature or like to the earth and you know like i usually when and this is spoilers because we're we're obviously talking about the whole show (laughs) but like at the end she kind of turns into an eagle and returns you know to, to the land and you know you you could be sad that the character is no longer alive but at the same time i think because i was conditioned by the show to like think about this in this kind of like this connectivity i feel like death has this like it's it's multiple it has multiple meanings it's not just like a, f- a finale like a like the end of things right so i'm but, curious what you thought about the role of death
1: yeah and and i agree and i also feel like even though you know that in the context of this show, um, you know, it's not like, it's not the end per se, you know, that the spirit of the energy of, of, of the characters that, that pass away remains, there is some sort of like, the, the emotional stakes of the show matter more because it's a show that you know allows that to happen right i feel like in a lot of like right. uh anime series or series that are aimed at like younger audiences you know there's always a, a need to avoid that right like if a character dies right. like we quickly find a magic way uh right. to bring right, them right, back right, right. and to not give sort of like the the weight or the the heft that something like that the sacrifice of the character right it means right so even though i do think that it is hopeful in the sense that you you understand that there's there's a certain level of existence beyond you know this this plane. The fact that the character is no longer uh, alive in the way that, that we understand us alive, you know, sort of like you know, it means something, right? It emotionally right. means something because um, you know. Also, the show begins with like I think it's in episode one or two, where like uh, her brother's die, You know, her brother's uh, the the, yeah. the the jaguar uh, warriors. Uh, uh, voiced by Gael Garcia Bernal, they die very early on and, like, sort of that becomes, you know, I, I think that sets the stage for the fact that this is a world in which, you know, uh, there's violence and violence has consequences and, you know, sacrifices mean something and, and yeah, so I think that it is it is it is important, you know, because, you know, Mexicans, in, in, like other cultures, have a very interesting relationship with that, you know, like our, our whole right. Dia de Muertos is based on on that, you know, so, Right. Um so there's definitely a, a unique relationship to that, but in the context of the show, I do think that it's 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 good that that it's not super sort of definitive. Like it's not it's not saying like this character has completely you know disappeared from uh from the universe, but at the same time, you know, Maya doesn't exist as as we knew her, and you know it's a different right. sort of feeling, and I think that also makes it more emotionally powerful.
0: And you know, it's that quote of like, you know death is what gives life value i think you noted in your, in right, your right, piece of course. yeah you can't have one w- without the other but you know it's also just kind of like when you hear some of these stories like uh like aztec or mayan stories it's just like kind of wild things happen you know like she becomes the son or like you know she she does like she pulls out a piece and like, you know like that that kind of stuff is, is was fun i think like it added like I, I think that one of the one of the things that you noted in your piece was about how like there's inherent humor in some of this, like just how they look or like just some of the things that they do or like how kind of flippant King that guy is with like losing body parts, you know, like there's so much, like it's, it's a hilarious show. A lot of the times, like it's just, it's fun to kind of reinterpret, uh, you know, like cultural significant things, but also just like folklore. Like I love that scene when, one of the kings i forget which kingdom he just like slides on all of his i don't know like his his uh it's like a, a state like stairs and then he he asks some guy and he, he steps on top of him and he slides down mm-hmm. that was hilarious you know like just just taking like fun liberties was was like a lot of the joy of watching the show
1: yeah i mean and it's also i think that's very necessary for you know that balance because it's a show in which like all the characters have like heavy trauma you know, like, right. like, Peach's family was murdered, you know, and like, right. uh, Chimi is basically alone in the world because she was ostracized by, by, by her people whatnot, and then, you know, Maya's siblings are, 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 dead, and, you know, so, and Rico is also sort of, like, alone in the world and feels guilty about the death of the, the Gran Brujo and whatnot, so, all these characters are, like, sort of, like, coming in with, you know, an added, like, an added layer of trauma that, right. you know, uh, which I think it's, it's also very, you know, powerful to me that you know that Jorge is able to still make it fun and enjoyable and you know action-packed and sort of like you know an entertainment piece but also you know really create characters that have layers that don't feel sort of that feel like you know with you know multi-dimensional and that really right. have something to say about you know the human experience or whatnot which is you know that's just really great storytelling that sometimes we take for granted
0: yeah no yeah it's a- absolutely and i think ab- you know i think that animation exists working with like stories in this way like kind of like traditional uh you know cathartic cathartic stories where like mm-hmm. you see these like a uh, merry band of misfits who like come together to kind of like accomplish this thing mm-hmm. and but at the same time like it's yeah like there's they they do come with like their own traumas and like but they really you know i think that the show does a good job of like Helping them confront those things head on, and I think that you know that group of of Chimi, Rico, Maya, and Pichu, like I, that. I think they were good for each other. Like it, it ultimately is just you know as cheesy as it is. Sometimes it is like the friends you made along the way, and and it's just fun to see the, these like these these people kind of like try to be better because they they're ultimately like have. It's about an adventure, you know, and and I think that you really get that sense. But yeah, I mean, I I also, I guess I want to ask you a little bit about, if you think, like, culturally, do you think that this will create more room for stories like this? Or do you think that this has been something that's been, like, just as in the last maybe, like, five years or so, like, how, how how have you seen this change happen? And, like, is this a product of that change to, like, include more Latino stories, maybe in animation or not?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the fact that this one has been definitely a success. You know, it's been on the top of the Netflix charts since the premiere. You know, um, or at least very high up on them in in Mexico and other places, and you know, in the US. So I think it's done very well. The reception has been very strong. So uh, I hope that that's an indicator that that this type of stories, as specific as they look, can translate and sort of like you know, grab other people. You know, because even even as as you know, big of a community as Latinos are. If you know, we need other people to watch these shows too for them to be successful, right? So definitely, right. the success of something like this is not only that you know that resonates with Latinos, but that it can sort of surpass that and become uh, you know of interest to more people. And and so you know, I I actually think that animation has been you know a particularly great uh, avenue for. You know, for representation when it comes to Latinos, more more so than live action. You know, because there's there's something like the Casa Grandes, you know, and then there's uh, there was uh, Crunchyroll City of a Crunchyroll had City of Ghosts to you know uh, there's the Crunchyroll had a an anime that was also based on Axte culture it was Onyx. Uh, I'm blanking on the on the name, but they recently released also like an anime directed and created by a by a Mexican artist. You know, and mm. there's also the Cartoon Network show.
0: Uh, Victory, yes, Valentino.
1: Yeah, you know, I feel like in in animation there's been more of an opening, you know, for right. Latino stories to to be told. You know, like all these shows that uh, uh, that we just mentioned, and and so I hope that you know the fact that I think uh, Victor and Valentino has a, just had a second season, uh, and yeah. the, the Casa Grandes, you know, won an Emmy, I believe, or sort of has been sort of like recognized, um, and then of course Maya and the Tree has been. You know the reception has been very strong. So, you know, I, I, you know, there's also like on the feature side, there's also been you know a lot going on this year with like Bebel, you know, which is you know uh, a Netflix film. There's Encanto, the Disney movie, you know, or even someone like Phil Lord, uh, who's Cuban American, who's you know the producer of the Mitchells versus the Machines, uh, who you know a movie that also has like other Latinos working uh that the work on that film so animation seems to be you know surprisingly or not you know a sort of like very you know uh uh sort of like fertile ground for latino stories uh right now so right. um i hope that continues
0: and you know like it, it is it can be easy to get wrapped up in like you know hollywood's constant problem of ignoring Latinos in in film, especially, you know, like UCLA and USC keep releasing reports about how we're continuously ignored or rendered invisible. But, you know, I think that it's easy to get wrapped up in that, but also like, you can see stories like this, that really do have, uh, you know, like resonate with, with Latino audiences and helmed by Latinos. Uh, Hentified comes to mind, like another TV show, you know, like on my block. It's not necessarily my favorite show, but, it was created by a guy from my city from linwood so it's kind of you know like these these things are are cool to see and then recently my 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 good friend uh, eric alindo is gonna have a show about Downey, mexican beverly hills so there's definitely some hope there's definitely like stuff out there and like there's folk like uh, folk folks like us who are able to talk about these things and like your work is so important because it really i think that when you when you are from that culture and you write about it you can you it has like a an extra significance because you know you're able to translate some of these things that might not be able to be seen like you know what we've talked about is not all like just a mexican experience but it is kind of like something that we share and like just liking anime or liking like cultural things and i think that that stuff is great to see you know like i'm it's kind of wild that we're able to just talk about this
1: yeah i mean you know the 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 good sort of the The best side of of the fact that there's multiple shows is that you know, you know, Latino community as we know is not a monolith. You know, so there right. are of there are Cubans that are you know Puerto Ricans, you know Cubans in Miami or Puerto Ricans and Dominicans in New York, and you know Mexicans, you know, in the California or Texas, the Central Americans, you know, or Chicago, um, right? Yeah, so you know it's and so it's kind of impossible to expect that one show. You know, it, it, yeah, it is impossible to expect that one show. Uh, will sort of like represent or speak to everyone. There's there's definitely things that I feel like are, you know, relevant or or that we can understand all of us as a culture. There's music, you know, sometimes language, you know. Uh, but you know, the more shows that out there with more specific sort of point of views, you know, of like you know the the different you know sort of uh, segments of the Latino population in the U.S. and in Latin America would not, um, the better, right? Because again, maybe for some of those people in the East Coast on my block or even Hentify doesn't resonate as strongly with them, right? right. Or something like In the Heights might have not been so, you know, uh, so powerful for people on the West Coast, you know? Right. So, I do think it's important to to sort of note that or like, you know, what's the show? One Day at a Time, you know, which is about you know, right. Cuban-Americans. Cuban. Uh, you know, so... I feel like that, that sort of variety is important when you're dealing with a community that's so, that's so diverse. But I also think that, you know, there's a lot of people that are willing to sort of support all of them and that are willing to take a chance on all of them and sort of like, you know, just really try to support Latino content, you know, uh, whatever it is. And, and yeah, like, you know, for me, for example, you know, I, I of course love writing about Latino stuff, but I'm always, you know, uh, kind of, like i i i am I'm, I'm always happy to support when I think the content or the or the film is good, you know like right. I, also I also don't I also don't think the that... harshest critic right, right, but I also don't think that the, the expectation sometimes becomes that because you're from the community that you have to praise everything and you have to like everything right. and you cannot criticize anything that comes from the community, and I think that that's also like kind of you know problematic in the sense that you know we we should be able to talk about the good and the bad and you know what works and what doesn't and sort of like hope that uh, you know like with with every sort of uh, new show or a new project that that improves and that changes you know like something like In the Heights you know I really like In the Heights but you're also you you can like something and at the same time be critical of it of course yeah at the same time you know understand what you know what you know uh, black Latinos have problems with, with that film, right. you know, like where they're coming from. And so it's one of those things that I don't think it's so black and white, you know, like I think I really love the movie, but I can also see what the problem is, you know, and there's, you know, there might be people that, you know, that love certain parts of another show, but then they're critical of their certain part of it. So yeah, I just feel like we, right. we should, we should be able to have those nuanced conversations about whatever, you know, content it's it's being created for of course and i
0: i I think that that's why your work is so important because you're able to analyze that and like not just like you know like yay representation which you know is good on one level but at the same time like yeah you know like i thought in the heights was cool fine but i'm not the biggest musical guy and like it was cool to see you know i watched it at la leaf and it was cool to watch and like be around that community and i can take that in but also like you know i had some issues with it it wasn't like my favorite film but yeah I, yeah and I there's, think some, and there's
1: some people that might not give maya a chance because they just don't like animation which i think is their right. loss but you know it's definitely their loss but but it is true that some people might not be into animation you know they just uh, you know they have their biases and whatnot and they don't want to see it you know so that's why again i feel like the sort of the variety and the offer are kind of important to sort of like, you know, bulk up the, the representation and the sort of the presence of right. the community as a whole.
0: And Maya, I think is, is kind of like encompassing of, of some of those, these issues that we've been talking, like they do, they don't just like suggest that Latinidad is just like, you know, one color, like being a Latino is, is very much like a, an American categorization. Like that's not, that's not a race. Like, being mm-hmm. a latino doesn't mean that you're a race it's it's an ethnic category that there exists race within it you know like yeah i think and i think that maya really does capture that like it's it's pretty encompassing of various parts of latin america
1: yeah yeah and i think that that's you know even within you In the know the, yeah within the community i feel like uh sometimes for me it's like w- even explaining to people what it is you know the experience of like Southeast LA, right, or like Lingwood, right. or 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 Downey, or like why you know because I you know I lived in Carahay and I went to high school in Bell. And Downey was, you know, very close by, but at the same time, you knew that Downey was different, you know, like things like that, more, was, that yeah. was where the rich area. Right. Right. So you knew area. that Downey was like the, you know, the wealthy area where the mall was at, you know, Stonewood Mall, I think it's called. Um, right. And and so a lot of people don't even know where those places are, you know, like their, their view of like, you know, because, of course, Boyle Heights and East LA are like, you know, big centers for Latino culture in LA. But, right. you know, a lot of people don't. Don't understand that there's places beyond that, you know. There's like Pacific Boulevard in Huntington Park that's like, you La know, Pacific. right, you know, or like the Plaza Mexico in Lingwood and places like exactly. that that like I've never really seen on screen or even sort of like someone trying to. You know tell stories about that specific place in in right. l a and what that means you know how far and how close you are from Hollywood at the same time, you know so things like that you know that I, again it's just the more they're out there, the more you know so I'm glad to hear that you said that one of your friends is making a show about Downey, so I'm very curious to yeah. see how that what that looks like you know
0: eric galindo I, I don't know if you've ever i know of him he, but i've
1: never met him but yeah i know of him
0: he's yeah, yeah he's, he also had that podcast wild mm-hmm. and he's 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 also from southeast la like he grew up in linwood paramount like yeah. all that I, I think is important because you know like as much as like we want representation there is kind of like a, a, at least latino representation there is kind of like these narratives that we get relegated to and that's something that we've been combating for a while like the story of gangsters or like the girl going to college like those stories are told, you know, like we just want stories that where we can exist like just normally and whether that's, you know, because my reality of like growing up Latino is I grew up with black cousins like that was my reality. Like I, blew, I grew up in a black and brown home or family and that's why I saw the world and I think that that informs everything that I do, you know, like when I write about food or when I write about these communities, I want to be representative of that I'm not centering an existence that i didn't have because i think that that's what's what i'm more interested in and i think that that's yeah. it's also just way more interesting than i mean we these stories have been told and i think there's way more stories to see and i'm, I'm excited for that and I, I hope that maya is is a, an indicator of that because to me i feel like this is like amazing representation on many levels
1: yeah, and I mean, I, I would love to see, you know, a show about, you know, a Latino anime fan, you know, which I think that's, again, like, right. we, we talked about how... Well, so
0: Spookies is, is pretty good. Yeah, it's, it, I think that.
1: that one was, like, sort of, like, one of those, uh, you know, very particular ones that I feel like it also didn't get, sort of, the the exposure at that it, you know, that it, that it deserved. Because um, so it also, good, like, though. played with language, you know, and, like, right. yeah, so uh, I feel like there's a lot of on-tap, sort of, narratives about, you know, being Latino that that haven't really been put on screen and and so yeah hopefully maya is you know one of those you know sort of tie uh, turners that really sort of opens up things like that and i mean i'm excited to see what jorge does next you know because like now it's going to be hard to top this one up i feel like now this takes you know the the sort of uh, yeah. the magnitude of what he's accomplished is going to make it you know very difficult to uh to surpass and so i'm excited to right. see what, what he does next
0: yeah okay well so now at this point sorry we've been going a little longer than i expected um uh, uh we usually rate it and you don't have to if you don't feel comfortable and i know this is a mini series we usually do like predictions how long we think it's gonna go but (laughs) i don't know man like i feel like i gotta give it a five like i haven't felt this move like i cried i laughed i like you know was devastated at times but like it was it was just like a good time like i i i felt like i was in the movies but at home it just it it really did capture that and i'd go five five out of five for me I don't, I, I don't know i agree <laughs> it feels like it feels like an omnibus of like everything you know like i, f- I felt really seen in a way and like i i don't say that often because it feels kind of cheesy but <laughs> i really did feel seen in this you know
1: yeah, no, it's um, just, again, I, I need to find the time to another nine hours to... Or no, is it like four hours? Four hours for nine episodes. Something four, like that. Four and a half hours. It's a long time. So I need to find out that chunk of time to sort of rewatch it. Because, again, I feel like it's definitely one of those shows that, that benefits from sort of like being able to see the details and and, and, and you know, grasping more of the references that are there. You know, Like Jorge talks a lot about, you know, Kurosawa and like filmmakers that, yeah. you know, that he he was very Damn, influ- influenced by you know which you know totally makes sense with, like you know seven, totally. Sam- 7 samurai or you know um some of the other or like roshomon right so you know there are things that like the more you sort of like read about the the show and you rewatch it and sort of like start paying attention to the different things you know you start uncovering the layers of it so that's definitely something i want to do find the time to to do a rewatch uh soon
0: hell yeah okay well thank you so much for taking the time to to come on i i it was an honor to speak to you and like you're obviously so knowledgeable about this so i'm I'm very grateful that i got a chance to talk to you because i've been a fan for a couple years
1: no thank you thank you for having me this was this was fun um i hadn't gotten yeah. a chance to to talk to anyone really about maya so this was great thank you
0: yeah same man like i i, I feel like most of my friends like uh they're I, I think that that animation is 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 kind of changing in terms, especially like adult animation. Like you have things like Invincible and like uh, like there, there's really a change now for like BoJack. I think is like groundbreaking for like animation. I'm a, yeah. I'm a big fan of BoJack. Yeah. Uh, same, so yeah it, it's great to, to to finally talk about it because i had a lot of thoughts and i needed to i need somebody to talk about it with so now,
1: now you need to to preach it to all your friends so they can so they can watch it
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but all right i'm uh thanks for coming on i'm, I'm gonna sign off thanks for uh saying. all right peace